Welcome to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithRoy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithRoy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. My name is Roy Biancalana. I am your host. And I was just thinking, uh, not that long ago, um, how honored I am that you have taken time to listen to what I have to share. You know, just to give you a little window into my experience, you know, I sit here in my office here and I, I make these podcasts and I speak about issues that I think are important to people, issues that I know um, people are dealing with. And I try to add a perspective and share a conscious perspective on them. Um, and you put these podcasts out there and you never know what's happening with them. But every so often I get an email from someone or a phone call from someone and I discover that all over the globe, there are people listening and really benefiting from the perspectives I share. They, they, they're, they're moved to apply the ideas into their life. And that is just the coolest thing. (laughs) You know, I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound like I've got some sort of inferiority complex, like, oh my God, someone's listening to what I have to say. Although there is that part of me, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but just to, just to find that, that, that that's happening. Like the other day, somebody in Australia said, I want to, I want to work with you. I read your book because a friend of mine gave me their copy. And I'm like, you're halfway around the world and you got my book and it's being passed around. Um, I mean, that's just really cool. So thank you so much for listening here. Um, I really appreciate it. For many people listening, I guess I'll never have individual contact with you. So this is the only chance I have to just say thank you. I'm, I'm touched. Okay? Now, in today's podcast, we are continuing with the series that I have titled Quantum Quotes, right? I have tried to find pithy wisdom for life in love from some of the most famous and sometimes not famous mystics and masters and gurus that have lived sometimes thousands of years ago, sometimes they're alive today. I just wanted to get a collection of some of the the shortest, sweetest, and most powerful things that people have said that if we really take them to heart and 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 if we even choose just one of them to focus on and to integrate into our lives, that I think it can produce a quantum leap in the way we experience life and love. I mean, these quotes can make a huge difference in our happiness levels, our sense of well-being, and they can make a huge difference in the way we relate to the people around us and especially in intimate partnership settings. So that's the whole idea. Um, And today is part six of a seven-part series. And we've we've hit five quotes already. And, you know, I don't know, but I hope that they have been as powerful for you as they are for me. Even if you feel like, 
man, I could never live that way. Or even if you feel like I don't want to live that way, which is totally okay. Um, I, I hope that you're sort of impressed by the radical nature of them and that, and, and of the truth that they, that they present, right? So just by way of review, the first one was from the Zen master back in about the year 600 AD. And he wrote, the great way is not difficult for those who have no preferences. And if you think about that, your head should explode because that's outrageous to live without preference. I mean, to live a life of true surrender to what is, wow. But he says, you know, that's the way to the great way. <laughs> that, that's the way to unconditional well-being, unconditional happiness is to live a life of non-resistance. Okay. The second one was from the ancient mystic poet Rumi who lived in like the year 1300 or something like that. And he wrote about how to find a partner, which is hilarious in a sense, given the world he lived in and the world we live in. But he said, your task is not to seek love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. Okay. So that's another one that completely throws conventional wisdom on its ear. Because everything you hear is, here's how you find your partner, look for your partner, put your attention on where to meet someone, how to meet someone, what to say, how to flirt, how to, you know, what to wear, you know, how to, how to sort of play the game when you're in a conversation, right? And Rumi's like, that ain't it. Your love life is not what you want it to be, not because you haven't found the right partner, but because you are unconsciously blocking it. You're sabotaging yourself. So he's like, shift your focus from where do I find the love of my life and shift your focus from, I want to call in the one. He's like, no, 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 no. That's putting the cart before the horse. If you have barriers in your life that are, that are built against intimacy and closeness, then you can have all the calling in the one strategies you want <laughs> and it's not going to work, right? Does that make sense? It's, it's, it's genius and true. Then we had a quote from Michael Singer, you know, my favorite spiritual teacher. And he said, all problems, not some, all problems are caused by mind. No exceptions. Or we might be more descriptive, all suffering. Because that's what a problem is. On some level, you have a problem, you're suffering to some degree. So all suffering is caused by mind. No exceptions. So he's pointing to your real worst enemy, which is that voice in your head, the ego, the mind, um, the judge in there, the, um, the one who has preferences, the one who has wants, and the one who interprets reality, the one who sees life as it is and says, I don't like it. I wish this was different. It should be different. All of that. Okay? Then we, we, talked, um, we heard from Jeff Foster. Uh, Jeff Foster is a common day spiritual teacher. I believe he lives in, in the UK. And he said, communication is not complicated, right? We, we talk about communication, you know, between the sexes, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, which there's some truth in that title, right? And we, we, you, most of the time when you hear spiritual teachers or relationship teachers and and so forth, talk about communication, 
you know, they all say it's really, it's difficult, you know, because men communicate this way, women communicate that way. It's easy to be misunderstood. You know, most of the spiritual perspectives and and psychological and therapeutic perspectives on communication is that it's challenging. It's difficult. <laughs> but Jeff Foster said communication is as simple as putting the present moment into words. It's not hard. You just put the present moment into words. And of course, the present moment is the key there, right? Most of us communicate about the past or the future. We don't really know what the present moment is. We're, we're not here now. We're not in touch with the unarguable truth of our experience. We're not, we're not built for that. We're, we're not trained in that. We don't have access to our authentic experience in the moment. And so when we're not familiar with that, all we can talk about is the stuff in our head. Our, our, our head thoughts from, oh, this is what happened in the past or our head thoughts about the future. But see, your mind, your thinking isn't necessary if you're communicating about what's here now. I mean, there's nothing to think about. <laughs> They're simply reporting what's unarguably true. There's no need for interpretation. There's no need to figure anything out. There's no need to wonder, how do I say this so that the other person hears it? What should I say so that they'll really understand me? It, it, it takes no calculating. It takes no effort. There is no stress when you're communicating from a conscious perspective. All you're going to do is I'm going to put the present moment into words. That's it. Unbelievably powerful. And then we heard from Eckhart Tolle when he talked about, we talked about the past and Eckhart's perspective on the past was this phrase, I have little use for the past and I rarely think about it. Okay. <laughs> are you like Eckhart or are you like me? Where you think about the past a lot. <laughs> what this happened, when that happened, back when I was in school, my parents did this. You know, my wife did that yesterday. I did that way back then. I mean, on some level, when you talk about the past, it can be fun to reminisce about, remember we went on that vacation, remember our wedding day, or remember when we first met, or, you know, talking. So in that sense, it's sometimes fun to reminisce about things that have happened in the past, but that's not what Eckhart is talking about. We have the tendency to be caught up in the past, to be bothered by the past, to feel like the past still affects us now and like the past is still hindering us in the present. And so we're hung up on things. We, we have resentments, we have bitterness, we have anger, right? And Eckhart's just saying, I have little use for all of that and I rarely talk about it, rarely think about it, right? If he rarely thinks about it, you, you can guarantee he rarely talks about it. Okay, so now we come to the sixth one, and this is another one that is so powerful, and when you hear it and begin to think on it, I think half of it is going to seem unbelievably true to you. The second half, you're not going to believe me. You're not going to believe the author, right? So, there's two parts to this quote, even though it's one sentence, or, well, I guess it's two sentences. It's still very pithy, but I'm just going to tell you up front, 
The first part, you're going to say, yeah, I, I can see that. I resonate with that. That sounds true. The second part, you're going to say, uh, no. Or if you don't outright disagree with it, you're going to be like, you know, I got to see it to believe that one. Okay. So I just set the stage for you um, with this pithy wisdom from the oldest spiritual book, the Tao Te Ching. This is the ancient Chinese scripture. I think it's like 5,000 years ago, if I'm not mistaken, that the Tao uh, was written. And the, it's pronounced Tao De Ching, although it's, it's, it's a spelled T-A-O-T-E-C-H-I-N-G. So it's, it sounds like Tao Te Ching, but it's Tao De Ching. <laughs> Just so you, if you ever say the word Tao, you, you'll say it properly and people will look at you like, uh, dude, you're, you're, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I said Tao for a long time until somebody corrected me and said it in Chinese, that's Tao. So, so that's where it's from. It's the ancient Chinese Bible. I, I, I guess that's what you might call it. Um, but before I say what it is, I want to ask you a couple of questions that I know you're going to say yes to. So basically I want to know, have you ever been confused about relationships? You know, maybe confused about what a person's actions mean or confused when they say they'll text you and they don't or confused about, you know, a decision you have to make. Like, have you ever kind of felt a little stuck or a little, like, you got to figure it out in terms of, should I go out with that person a second time? When are we going to know we should be ready to take our profiles down? How do you even have that conversation? Um, have you ever wondered in your head about how do you talk to a partner about being exclusive and if, you, if you're going to make that commitment together, right? Have you ever kind of felt like you had some attraction to someone, but like, how much do I have enough attraction? Um, they're a nice person, but I don't really know if I really feel that. Have you ever been there? Have you ever noticed like some sort of yellow or red flag and just been confused about like, is that important? Like, should I make a big deal out of that? You know, is, is that a deal breaker? Um, or is that something that I should ignore? Like, have you ever found yourself going to some of your friends, you know, after a date situation or a relationship situation and kind of getting there? Like, what do you think about this? This is what he said. This is what she did. I don't know. What, what do you make of that? Is that? Is that a bad sign? Is that a good sign? Right? Isn't it common... If we just talk about our love lives for a second, isn't it common to, to feel that kind of confusion, to sort of get a little angst about it, um, maybe even a little obsessed about trying to figure out what's going on here? What do they mean by that? Where's this relationship headed, right? What woman has not been in a relationship with a man and sort of not really known how he feels about her, about her. And then she, she sort of, should I have the talk with him? 
Should I bring it up? Should I ask him, so where is this going? You know, uh, am I just a friend or do you want to, do you want me to be your girlfriend? But, you know, guys feel the same thing sometimes. They can't figure out the signals from a girl. You know, a lot of times my clients will say, Roy, this is what she did. This is kind of what she said. What do you, what do you make of that? Man, I, 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 what does a woman mean by this? And in fact, there's a lot of these online summits, okay? Um, these kind of multi-expert online summits of which I'm very often a part of. I'm often asked to be one of the, you know, 20 experts that address a topic um, in, in, you know, they interview, you know, 20 experts on a topic and then you can join in and you can hear everybody's perspective and, you know, learn what they have to say. A lot of those summits, the titles of them are about how to understand the opposite sex. You know, how to, how to know when a man is ready to commit, how to know when a man sees you as his woman rather than his girlfriend or something, you know, the same way. Well, you know, what are men thinking? What do men want? You know, what are women thinking? What do, what do women want? There's even that funny, you know, cute movie with um, um, Helen Hunt and um, oh, the guy in Braveheart. What's his name? I'm having a brain fart. Um, it was, the movie was called What Women Want, right? And so just the title is sort of hilarious and it resonates, right? Because what man doesn't, rec- doesn't resonate with man? What do women want, right? And, and what, what woman is not interested to find out, like, what are they going to say? <laughs> you know, I know what I want. What do they think I want, Right. So whether it's a movie or one of these summits, the reason that people in droves, you know, sign up to be a part of these summits is because we do want, like, what, what, what are men thinking? How do they make decisions about their love lives? And what turns them on? What turns them off? And what turns on a woman? What turns her off? What is she looking in a, in a guy? Does she, you know, there's that book written, you know, uh, Why Men Love Bitches. Really? I don't, never have, <laughs> right? So you can read books like that that tell you you should be this kind of woman or you should be that kind of man. Um, sometimes the book has some wisdom. Other times it just creates more confusion, right? So are you resonating with how confusing and stuck you can feel just in your relationship life, right? Right? trying to figure things out and understanding what's going on and when to make decisions and when to have a relationship advance to the next stage, whether it's becoming sexual or moving in together, right? So I I think you're resonating with that. But then take it beyond just your relationships. Isn't there a lot of that that happens like in your career, in your professional life? Should I stay at this job? You know, should I leave? How, you know, should I get a raise? How much, you know, how, how should I interact with my coworkers, right? There's, there's a lot of stuff where you, you can feel very confused and stuck and scared in your professional life, correct? Right? So pretty much in any area of our life, there's these times when we have to make decisions. We, we seek to get a wisdom, 
seek for some understanding because um, we don't want to make mistakes. We, we don't want to waste our time. Um, and we can get pretty bent out of shape about it, can't we? We can sometimes these things can bother us. We don't sleep well at night because the mind is just going and going about my job, my work. What am I going to do? I heard the company's going to lay people off this and that or a relationship. You know, you're really into someone, but now they've, you know, you've been on like 10 dates and now they've disappeared for four days and what the hell, right? And you're, you're worried. You're, you don't know, right? And you can, you can be up middle of the night and you can't really sleep, right? So it's not uncommon to be to get pretty stirred up about things like this, to to have a lot of angst, to have worry, to have anxiety, um, to even obsess. Maybe those words are a little strong, but I think you get what I mean. I can't imagine anyone listening to the sound of my voice doesn't relate to this, at least in some way. Some of you are are saying, "Oh my God, I obsess." There was a time this that, or I was so anxious I couldn't sleep, I couldn't eat. I was so upset. And other times, some of you might be like, yeah, maybe I don't really obsess, but I, I get it. I've, I've, I've had enough relationships and dating experiences online to understand, you know, what's that person about? What are they doing? Is that a red flag or, and so forth. So if you, if you can keep that in mind, that's what this quote is speaking to. This quote from the Tao Te Ching is giving you wisdom, even though it was written 5,000 years ago, right? But when something's true, if it's true, it's always true, right? Truth does, is not, it's not based on a culture. Truth is truth. If something's true, something's true. If gravity is true, then it, it, gravity was true 4 billion years ago. <laughs> so if, if something's true, it's true. And so this quote is speaking to like, what do you do when you're kind of stirred up on the inside and you're confused and wanting to figure something out and you're at a, a, a fork in the road, you, you got to make a decision, you know, you know, what do I do? Where do I go? That's what this quote is speaking to. Okay. So I think now we got you. I'm, I'm hoping you're, you're hooked in here enough <laughs> that you're saying, okay, give me this damn quote, Roy. I mean, I, I get the point. Let's move on. Okay, great. Um, here is what the Tao says. It, in fact, it's a question, which I love because it's just asking you whether or not you're willing to do this. Okay. It's not even telling you, you should, it's not even telling you that, that it's right or something. It's just asking you a question. And the question is this, do you have the patience to wait till your mud settles and the water is clear. Can you remain unmoving till the right action arises by itself? Feel that. Feel the question in that. Do you have the patience? And keep in mind all those things we were talking about, about those questions, those things you're wanting to figure out about relationships, about your career, about this person you're dating, about whatever it might be when you're stirred up on the inside. Do you have the patience to wait till your mud settles and the water is clear? 
can you remain unmoving till the right action arises by itself? So now let's break it down. Let's take the first question. Do you have the patience to wait till your mud settles and the water is clear? You get, you get the meaning behind that? You know, you, you've probably been at a lake or a river. Um, in fact, here's a perfect example. You know, since I'm a golfer, there are times when I've actually hit my ball offline and it goes in the water, in the edge of a creek, in the edge of a lake, you know? And so I want to go get my ball out. I don't want to just lose it. I mean, there's a penalty involved for hitting it in the water, but I want to get my ball. Okay, so the ball goes just off the edge and just rolls into the water and it's beneath the surface. So I take my golf club and I reach in there and I'm, I'm, I can see the ball, okay? And I reach in there with my club and I'm trying to drag it out. But as I'm dragging it out, I lose control of the ball and it falls back in the water. But because I've dragged it out, I've stirred up all the mud in there. And now I can't see the damn ball. <laughs> I know it's right in there, but I can't see it because all the mud is, is, is muddied up the water. It's, I can't see it. So I've got to wait. If I want to get that ball back, either I'm going to try to get lucky and just feel it with the club, right? But otherwise, I got to wait for a second and let all that mud and silt settle down. And then I, oh, there's the ball. I can see because the water's clear. And then I can try again. Well, <laughs> that's, that's what the Tao is saying here is that do you notice how much your mud gets stirred up? <clears throat> can you resonate with that? You know, the old snow globe, you shake it up. And all the snow comes up off the bottom of the snow globe and, you know, the water is filled with all the white little specks. And if you leave it there still, the little, the little snow will float right back to the bottom and then, and then the water's clear. So here's what happens in life. We hit these relationship phases. We, we have these questions. People don't text us. We we get that confusion. All the things I just said, and you're wondering about it. Like, what do I do? When do we become exclusive? How do we have that conversation? Is the person into me? I don't know if he's into me, right? What I'm saying is when you're in that space of kind of being confused and worried or maybe anxious or kind of obsessing, I'm not saying that you're bad or you're wrong about that. I'm saying your internal system, the mud is all stirred up. And you can't see clearly. Your vision is clouded because your emotions are all stirred up. I mean, all, all the worry, the anxiety, the, the past might be being stirred up. The confusion you feel, all of that is mud. It's, it's being stirred up. And here's the problem that all of us do. And this is the part of the, the quote that you're going to resonate with. You're going to say, that's absolutely true. How well does it go for you when you make a decision or do something when your mud is all stirred up, right? How well does it go from, for you when you act from your anxiety, from your worry, from your mind is trying to figure it out and your confusion, right? And you're upset and you have angst. How, how good does it turn out? When, you're, when you take an action at work, 
you talk to a coworker, you go into that boss's office and you're a mess on the inside. How does that usually go? <laughs> How does it go in your love life when you take an action or you text someone, you send an email when your mud is all stirred up? How do I don't, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I'm a coach, right? And supposedly I'm this evolved man, right? But um, I've grown, but there's still some very primitive defensive parts of me. Times when either friends or clients or something, or somebody posts something on social media and it triggers me. Right, it it stirs up my mud, and I go ahead, and I'm going to send, I'm going to make a comment on their Facebook page, or I'm going to send that email, or I'm going to send them a text. <laughs> when I'm triggered, when I'm confused, when I'm worried or anxious, do you, you follow me? Right, that never work. That, that I shouldn't say it never works out well, but if it does, you kind of just got lucky. Most of the time, if we don't wait until the mud settles. We make it way worse. So that's the first part of this thing. And he's just saying, do you have the patience to wait when you're all stirred up? In other words, he's saying, don't do anything when you're in that state of consciousness. Right? When you're triggered, when you're defensive, when you feel scared, when you right? When you, when you feel like I sometimes with my clients, we call it being below the line, right? It doesn't mean it's you're bad or wrong. It just means you're kind of, you're, 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 you're in drama, right? Inside of you, you're stirred up. The mud is stirred up. And it's like, the question is, can you not do anything and just wait, like give yourself maybe a few moments, maybe a few days, maybe a few months. In other words, this quote is saying, however long it takes for the snow to, to, to fall to the bottom, and so the water is clear, however long that takes, do you have the patience to wait that long? Because if you don't, if you act when the water's muddy, you can't really see what's happening. You can't really see truth. You can't you can't get access to really good wisdom because you're all stirred up. Do you follow me? Here, here's an example, physical example, and this will just put it together for you. Just imagine that you were with me, okay, and we're together, and I, I, I have you bend over a little bit, and I spin you around in a circle for like 20 seconds, just spin you around and around and around and around, Okay. So do you get a feel for it? You're going to be really, really dizzy, okay? Once I stop spinning you, I'm probably going to have to hold you by the arm because you'll fall over, right? Because you're, you're dizzy. Now, just imagine after I spin you around and you're still feeling really dizzy that I ask you to figure out what is 127 times 5 in your head. Like right then and there, when you're dizzy, figure this out. Do the math in your head right now. Well, what, what would you say to me? You say, I can't think straight. There, there's no way. I, I Give me a chance to get my bearings. Give me a chance to get my, my balance. Let me get my head straight here. 
so that then I can, if you let me stop, if, if I can just stand still for a minute and kind of get a grip, <laughs> then I could sort of do, okay, 127 times 5, 5 times 7, 35, 5, carried the 3. And you could do it in your head because you've regained a sense of clarity, a sense of balance. You found the ground again, you could say. You're grounded. And then you're able to process and think. That's exactly what this this quote is saying. Is when your mud is stirred up, when you're anxious and you're confused and you're trying to figure it out, and this guy hasn't texted you, or this girl is saying this or that, and you're you're stirred up on the inside, you're wanting to do something. You're wanting to text him. You're wanting to, you know, break up with them. You're because that's what that's what happens a lot. You know, you get stirred up and you're like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. I'm going to go quit my job. Uh, I'm going to go break up with this person. And you don't really know what's happening because the mud is so stirred up. You can't see clearly. You're triggered. All of your old childhood shit is coming up, right? Your abandonment wounds, your feeling not good enough, your sense of I'm not worthy, you know, all, all that, you know, you know, you got that junk, right? You got those, those core stories of deficiency running in you like I do. We all do. So that's all. When that's stirred up, if you want to make a life decision, if you want to go, you know, do something about a relationship or at work, you're out of your mind. But we all do it, don't we? What is road rage? (laughs) Really, road rage is just a graphic example of this taken to an extreme. Somebody cuts you off, somebody does something, and you you get all triggered, right? Your mud just gets stirred up. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go flip them off. I'm going to go chase them down the street, right? And you know what I'm saying? You, you, you make a decision from that place of being stirred up, of being triggered, of being reactive. And very often with road rage, you either end up in the hospital or in a courtroom okay? or in jail, <laughs> okay? So... Um, the, the issue here is, do you, do you have the presence to notice when your mud is stirred up? Because that's the hard part. A lot of times when our mud is stirred up, we are so convinced that how we feel is legitimate and it's right to feel this way. Like I've been dating this guy for two months and he hasn't texted me for four days. Of course I'm upset. And I would say, yeah, no, no, I'm not, I'm not saying you don't have a right to feel like you feel. But if, if, you, if you send him a text message and say, you asshole, you're ghosting me, you know, you're just like every other guy, so I never want to see you again, send, okay? <laughs> and then he texts you back and he's like, you know, you, you get a message that says his grandmother died and, you know, something happened two days ago and then something happened today and, and I've just... Right. In other words, you find out that there is maybe a legitimate reason why a person hasn't gotten back to you or you find out there's a legitimate reason why they're acting like they're acting. And then you're like, oops, um, my bad. And then it might be too damn late. Then they know that you're neurotic and nuts. Well, and now I'm going to break up with you just because of what you did there. <laughs> right? The assumptions you made and the missile you sent me. 
So the first part of this says, do you have the patience to wait when you know that you're below the line, that you're reactive and you're triggered? Because when you're like that, man, everything in you wants to lash out, wants to ask a question, wants to challenge, wants to get an answer, right? You know how it is. You you just, you know, when you're, when you're stirred up, you just want to do something about it. I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. I'm going to respond. You know, your mother criticizes you or something and you just, you can feel it immediately. You get stirred up immediately and you're like, Ooh, I'm going to say something. So this quote is saying, when you notice that you're getting muddy on the inside, which might be a great way to remember this, of like noticing when you're muddy, when you do, can you just wait? Maybe all it takes is a breath. Maybe all it takes is you need to leave the room. Maybe all it takes is you need to put your phone in a lockbox and I'm not going to respond to that text message until I calm the hell down and I get a little perspective here. Maybe I'll get more information. Maybe I'll see it differently in the morning. Maybe if I meditate a bit, maybe if I go for a run, maybe if I, you know, whatever. But when I'm stirred up, I am just not going to make a big decision. I'm not going to send messages. I'm not going to interact in conversations because it's just going to make it worse. And it's all because that you don't have the clarity to really see what's happening. You might not notice that your shit is triggered, that your abandonment wound is triggered and you're misinterpreting what the person's saying or doing. You might think that they're insulting you or making fun of you, but they might not be. But you hear it that way because you grew up in a home where your father made fun of you all the time. And you have a tendency to hear things as insults when people might not mean that. But when you hear it, you get triggered. All that old father stuff comes up or mommy stuff comes up. And you're just going to lash out. And it's not even about them. It's actually about your childhood shit. But you can't see that in the moment. Because your mud's all stirred up. But if you wait and it settles down, you might say, ooh, this has got nothing to do with them. This is my stuff. Wow. Okay. Now, given that understanding, now what do I want to do? And chances are you'll do something completely different. You'll send a different text message, a different email. Okay? So just as a personal example here, one of my big trigger points is anytime I feel like people are taking advantage of me or not recognizing my specialness. Okay? That's just my fucking ego. I just admit it to you, right? Um, I really want to be noticed. I don't want to be thought of as ordinary. I don't want to be overlooked. I want to be respected. Okay. So it's really easy for me to get triggered when a person decides that they don't want to work with me. Or if I get a comment on social media or on Amazon that I read your book, I think it sucked. <laughs> okay. You know, or I've got a bunch of, you know, videos on YouTube and there could be a comment about, I think this is bullshit. I don't think you know what you're talking about. You're just another one of those blah, blah, blah. You can't believe how much I want to respond right away. It, how defensive I can be. 
right? And, and you want to send them a missile. Why wow, you're misunderstanding. Well, you know, blah, 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 and just get into the drama. Okay, that's in me to fight back, right? A lot of people are either sort of passive or aggressive when they get triggered. I'm more of the aggressive type. I will respond. My wife, when she gets triggered, she's liable to shut down and go away and not say anything. She She's on the passive side. Her personality is not confrontational. Mine is sort of confrontational. I'll get in your face, okay? So there's been so many times where I have been triggered and my mud is stirred up and then I do something and I make it worse. But there are times when stuff like that happens and I can feel the mud getting stirred. It's like, ooh, there it goes. (laughs) There's the trigger. There's the anxiety. There's the worry. There's the I'm being taken advantage of message. No one's noticing me, which is a message from my childhood, right? Especially when it's women that don't think I'm special because I have have huge mommy issues as I've talked about, you know, on this podcast numerous times. So women can trigger me when they don't want me or like me. Um, You know, so that's just when, when women are mad at me, okay? Those are big triggers for me. I'm getting more and more to the place where I can notice that, oh my God, my mud is stirred. (laughs) Like, oh, I'm muddy. Don't do it, Roy. Don't say anything. Don't respond to your wife right now. Take a breath. Walk away. Don't comment on Facebook. (laughs) Don't write an email back. Don't send that text message. Give it space. Give it time. Can you wait? Are you patient enough to wait Until the mud settles and then the water's clear so I can see. It's like, okay, now, now that I'm not in this triggered, reactive, anxious, worried, whatever it is state, what should I do? And very often clarity comes and I will do something very different. But now this is where it gets even more radical with the second half of the quote. This is where you might say, I don't know if I buy that one, Roy. Because not only does he say you have the patience to wait until your mud settles and the water is clear. It says, can you remain unmoving, which is the same. You have the patience to wait. Can you remain unmoving? It's the same basic thing. Do do nothing. Okay? It says, can you remain unmoving until the right action arises by itself? You see... If you just go by the first half of the quote, do you have the patience to wait till the mud settles and the water is clear? The implication there is once the water is clear, I'm going to be able to figure it out. I'm going to see reality. I'm going to see the truth. And so I'm going to be able to take action, make the decision, have the conversation. And the Tao is saying, "Uh -uh -uh -uh, not so fast. Not so fast. You don't even have to go there. You don't have to go into, now I can see so I can figure it out. You don't have to be the chooser. You don't have to be the decider. You don't have to be the doer. You you don't have to do anything when you're hitting the fork in the road. When the relationship is, are we ready to go exclusive? Are we going to take our profiles down? Should I go on a second date? You know, when you get in these confusing situations, you let the mud settle, 
the water's clear, but then even then, it's not about you figuring out what to do. What they're saying here is the right action will arise all by itself if you just stay out of it. Let the mud settle. Remain unmoving. Let everything settle to the bottom of the snow globe. Now from there, just pay attention as the right action presents itself to you. In other words, what they're saying is when your mud settles, if you let it settle and if you remain unmoving, you're just going to know what to do. It's not going to be like you got to figure it out. It'll be obvious is what they're saying. The water is so clear, it'll be like, yeah, it's like the right action. It just came to me. It just presented itself. It's just like, I didn't even think of it. It, it just, it's just the thing to do. It's just obvious. The action is obvious. So let's use a, an example. So you're dating this person, right? You're on two, three, four dates and you're starting to wonder, you know, we met online, so there's a good chance that they've got other people they're talking to because there's other people I'm talking to, but I sort of like this person and I don't know. I wonder, are we, you know, what do we do about that? Uh, should I talk about bringing our profiles down? Should I, you know, should I bring it up? I don't want to be pushy. I don't want them to think I'm needy, you know. Um, but then again, you know, if, if I put all my eggs in this one basket, these other people I've met online, man, they, I might miss out on all that. And like, what do I do? What do I do? Right? You feel that? The Tao is saying, you don't have to do anything. Just let that mud settle. Would you just relax? Life has got it. It's all right. You don't have to decide. You're not the decider. You don't have to choose. You're not the chooser. You don't have to do anything because you're not the doer. If you would just relax and wait, the right action will arise by itself. Meaning, you'll just know in the relationship when you should go exclusive and take your profiles down. It just might naturally come up in conversation. You don't have to bring it up. You don't have to force it. You don't have to push it. You don't have to get an answer. You just wait. Let the mud settle. Just keep seeing each other and it's going to answer itself. I don't know if that means the other person just says, hey, I, I'm really enjoying your company. I'd like to see where this goes. So I'm not online anymore. You know what I mean? It. It's just, when do we become monogamous? When, when should I have sex? Don't worry about that. Just be with the person. You'll know. Just if the mud settles and you're not all wrapped up in it, trying to figure it out. And does he love me enough to have sex? Does, is she, is she, you know, interested in this or that? Or what's going on? It's a big step to take. I don't know if we're ready for it. Eh, you get yourself all stirred up. Just relax. Just be in the present moment. Don't be in the future. That's what this, this, that's what this is really getting at. Get out of the future. Because when you're trying to, when you're all stirred up here and you're trying to, you know, when you're confused and stirred up, it's because you're wondering about the future. There's no confusion about the present. The person didn't text me today. That's all there is. Or we're on our second date. That's the present moment. But you're like, what about a third date? 
And then when do we become exclusive or when do we take our profiles down and when do we have sex? And you know what I mean? So when you're stirred up, it's always because you're in the past or in the future. And so this little line is saying, relax right here, right now, just be in the moment, just respond to the moment. The rest is going to take care of itself. If you let the mud settle, the right action will arise by itself. Now, that might happen by an idea that pops in your head. That might happen by you saying, I'm just loving your company and I notice that I don't want to keep my profile up, so I'm taking it down. You haven't pushed. You haven't asked him to match you. You haven't asked what they want to do. You're, you just are sharing your inner... Re- you are communicating by putting the present moment into words. You're saying, I notice I like you and I don't want to see anyone else. It's unarguable. It's easy. And so that's how the right action might arise. You know, it, I'm not saying that it comes up some mystical thing happens, you know, like uh, some, uh, some serendipitous thing happens. It, that could happen. But it's just that if you will relax... Let the mud settle. It's going to play itself out. Give it a little space and you're going to know. So for instance, I'll just give you a little example. And sometimes I hesitate to share about my interactions with clients here because I would love for some of you listening to become clients and you might feel like, oh man, if I become a client, I'm going to be talked about on a podcast. Well, I do this very rarely and I never use names. Most every time I change the gender even so that even the person that I might be talking about, if they were to listen to the podcast, they might not even know it's them that I'm talking about. But sometimes I need to give an example so that you can see how this, how this works. All right. So I have a new client and we agreed to do my four month coaching program. We've already had one session. I've sent her all of my proprietary inf- information, my books and different resources. You know, I have a I have a kind of a package of things that I send my new clients um, to kind of get us started for the four month journey that you know that we're going to do together. So she's got all that. We even had our first session. Um, we had our second session scheduled on the calendar. She had to cancel it. There was an emergency came up. Canceled it. Fine. No problem. We rescheduled. Stuff happens. Okay. So we rescheduled and then it came down time for the second session and she just no-showed. Just no-showed. Now we had a little trouble booking that session because this person really is only able to do sessions on a Monday and Mondays are difficult for me. I can do them, but there's very little time that I can do Monday. So I said, ah, it's going to be a challenge. If you can only do Monday, it's going to be a challenge, but you know, we'll figure it out. And, and so we ended up figuring it out and we found a time to talk. We put it on the schedule and then she just no showed. Okay. So 10 minutes after the start time, I sent a text. Hey, Hey, what's happening? No response, no response. The rest of the day, like 12 hours went by. And so I sent another text and I said something to the effect of, 
hey, you know, we missed you, you missed your session this morning and you haven't responded to my text asking what's happening. So I'm making up the story in my head that something's bothering you. Something's happened here. It, now, it could be that she got in a car accident and she can't text me. Okay, so that's me recognizing that what my mind is telling me might be full of shit. That's why I said my mind, I'm making up the story that something's bothering you. Okay, but I recognize that I have no idea if that's true. But it is what I'm thinking, right? It's an unarguable thing. I am thinking something's bothering this person. Okay, so I said, can you jump on a call for like five minutes tomorrow morning? Because if something is bothering you, I want to practice the candor commitment, you know, where we reveal and not conceal. And maybe you can share what's wrong and maybe I can address it. Maybe I learned something. Maybe I hurt your feelings. Maybe you got triggered by me talking about Mondays being difficult. I don't, I don't know what it is. So, so can you jump on a call and we can just kind of fix this little relationship snafu, even though I don't even know if there's a snafu. She literally could be dead. I mean, I, I hate to say that, but I'm, I mean, I have no real idea what's going on. I'm just guessing. But what I am doing is reaching out to sort of, you know, to see what's happening. Okay. But I'm doing this and I can tell my mud is clear. My mud is settled. I'm not triggered by this. I'm not feeling like I did something wrong and she's mad at me. I'm not feeling like, oh, she's a bitch or something. <laughs> I'm, I, I just don't know what's happening, but I do know that we clearly made an agreement for a session. And then I sent the follow-up text and there's no response. So something's happening here. Um, so I'm texting her and all along the way, I'm checking with myself, Roy, are you stirred up? Is, do you, do you want to send this? Is this the right time? Are you, are you below the line? <laughs> are you, are you triggered? Are you defensive? Are you reactive? I'm like, no, no, I, I feel good. I'm genuinely just curious as to what's happening. And maybe I did something to piss her off. And if so, I want to know so that I can fix it. Maybe I need to apologize. I mean, I don't even know, but I'm genuinely interested in learning from what's happening. So I sent the message. Okay. I still haven't heard anything. And now I'm just going to let go. I'm going to remain unmoving. I'm not going to text again. And I can guarantee you the right action will present itself. Like it's going to, it's, it's going to unfold. I, I don't have to be the doer, the chooser, the decider. I don't, I don't have to do anything here. I can just remain unmoving. And if there is an action, it will just come about. I may be moved in some way to reach out one last time just to say goodbye. Um, or she may come out of her coma <laughs> and say, Roy, right? Um, or she may text me and say, you know, it's been a couple of days. I am angry at you, blah, 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 right? Um, but what's not going to happen is I haven't made it worse by what I've texted her. I didn't text her a missile. How dare you disrespect me for not showing up? Is your time more important than mine? Right? If I if my mud was stirred up, that's what I could say. Right? And you could do it too. Correct? No. Nah, but I wasn't, I wasn't taking it personal. I wasn't going to do that. So I know that my texts have not made it worse. And now I'm just going to let go. 
and I'm the, the right action, whatever that is, it's going to take care of itself. You follow me? So that's, that's the Tao Te Ching. What a, you want to memorize one? <laughs> you want to keep yourself from making it worse? <laughs> then memorize, do you have the patience? Insert your name, Judy, Roy, Larry, Susan. Do you have the patience, Susan, to wait until your mud settles and the water is clear? Can you remain unmoving, Susan, till the right action arises by itself? Till the decision or the direction becomes obvious? It just appears like this is the thing to do. This is the action to take. It's clear as a bell. It's almost doing it by itself. Well, that is our sixth pithy wisdom for life and love. And I hope it's taught you something. I, I hope you memorize it. I hope you say, man, I want to embody that one. And like I say with all these things, if I can help you with this, because perhaps applying this to your situation, there's a lot of yeah, buts. Well, Roy, I get that. But yeah, but given my situation, what about my ex-husband? What about my children? What about my job? What about this situation in my dating life? Right? That's what I'm here for. To take these, you know, principles, these commitments, these pithy quotes and help apply them to our lives so that we experience quantum leap in the way we live and the way we love. So until next time, where we wrap up the series with pithy wisdom, number seven. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.